Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today on Rank Amateur we have the tier 9 premium German battleship, the Pommern. And I did grind the coal for this ship, I did not actually pay for it. The ship was obviously not provided to me by Wargaming because that, because uh, the ship's pretty old now. Or, well not pretty old, but decently old. It was uh, introduced in the fall of 2020 with the German aircraft carriers. And um, we'll get into the gameplay of that. This is going to kind of be a shorter episode. I think I might touch on the history of um, the Palmer, and it was never actually built, though, so uh, there's not going to be a whole section on that. But without further ado, let's get right into it. But before we get into the Pommern itself, let's get into the news in World of Warships. And there actually has been a decent amount of news. So um, I uh, may have mentioned it in the last episode. I do forget if I did. But uh, the Weimar, or the Weimar, or whatever, however you call it, the York-class cruiser that has 150mm guns instead of 210mm guns, um, has been made available in the Armory. And uh, it initially appeared to me to be a... Not mediocre at best ship, and some people still think it is, but um, now that I'm looking at it and uh, just going, scrolling through Reddit and things like that, it appears as though it is a Operation Narai monster. It, I've seen multiple 600,000 damage games and 300,000 damage games and all these high damage games with millions of credits being brought in um, as a result of them, so I might end up picking up this ship in hopes of probably not doing 600,000 damage, but... But at least uh, earning myself a decent amount of credits. Um, another piece of news that we have, uh, well, update 10.6 went live. That's a big piece of news, but it did go over that in my um, previous episode. So if you would like to uh, learn more about that, um, if you play World of Warships, you probably already have learned about that. But if you'd like to just review that, um, that uh, is in the previous episode. Um, so, update 10.7, um, I don't usually go over the dev blogs, or, well, the upcoming, uh, updates, but since, uh, this is a pretty major one, uh, I am going to be, uh, going over it. So, they're going to introduce, um, submarines into ranked battles, uh, these are going to be, uh, tier 6, 7, or no, tier 6, 8, and 10 German and, uh, American submarines. It's going to be the tier six American is the Catchalot, tier six German is the U sixty nine, tier six or tier seven, or tier seven, tier eight American is the Salmon, the tier eight uh, German is U one ninety, the tier ten American is the Baelo, Baelo, Boelo. I I don't know how to pronounce that. They're all named after fish, so you can probably go look it up. Um, and then the tier ten uh, German is the U twenty five oh one. Uh, they are only going to be allowed to be in ranked battles, though, so they are not actually in randoms right now. Uh, in ranked battles, by the way, it's going to be tiers. Uh, Bronze League is going to be tier six. Silver is going to be tier eight, and then um, gold is going to be tier ten. And I do like this change because um, it was really hard to play tier six in the previous ranked battles, just because of um, how many tier sevens there were. And uh, I mean, if you're playing like a light cruiser or something like that, it, I guess it wasn't hard to play it, but it was. Less like what ranked battles used to be like. 
So uh, I, I do like that change. So it's actually tier six, not uh, tier six and seven. Anyways, um, submarines uh, seems to be playing submarines is basically the same. However, um, you do only have a certain amount of battery time. It seems. Oh no, actually they changed that. You can slowly restore your um, uh, battery levels and things like that. And your and they have different diving depths. So they have surface, periscope, operating, and maximum depth. Um, so it seems to be basically the same as it was in those submarine battles. Maybe last year, I think it was. Uh, destroyers and light cruisers carry depth charges, or many destroyers and some light cruisers carry depth charges. Uh, you press the approximate location of the submarines and then release the depth charge by using uh, the G key. And then battleships uh, carry anti because this was a big issue with submarines is well, how do ba what do battleships do about this? Well, um, most Allied battleships actually have anti-submarine defense aircraft now. It's basically an airstrike, except it only affects submarines. Uh, you press 4, you highlight an area, and the aircraft come in and bombard it with uh, depth charges. Uh, ranked is just 7v7. Um, yeah, I pretty much went over that. Uh, commander skills. This is the major part. Um, I'm not going to go over all the skills because there's not a huge change in things. Um, they've switched up uh, the skill. It used to be Deadeye. I think it's called like Swift and Silence or something. It's getting its name changed to move down to two points. Oh, it's called Brisk now. And then they completely remodeling the secondary battery uh, aiming skills, which used to provide a 60% buff. Uh, it, was, it used to be called manual fire for secondaries, and it was a 60% buff to all of, um, well, your secondary accuracy when you clicked on a target. Uh, they reduced it to 35% and then kind of buffed it with the Germans, with the Germans only, uh, and they had uh, increased 20% accuracy, just flat... Uh, uh, compared to other ships, so you had already 20% better secondaries than other ships, even if you didn't build into them as a German battleship. But they're now changing this so that when you're firing at a target, uh, you select a priority target, right? And it starts out as a flat 10% buff. But over a period of 45 seconds, it grows to a 65% buff, I think? Yeah, it grows to 65% buff, which is better than before. And they haven't mentioned taking away the 20% buff that the Germans already get. So you could have 80% improved secondaries, and then you can have, obviously, more secondary uh, battery accuracy skills and flags and things like or and the flag, there's only one flag for that. So you could have really, really accurate secondaries. I, in, as an owner of a Pomern, I really want that. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Um, and people are like, well, it's not the, the last buff that there used to be. Um, but the problem with the flat buff that we got, and I can see why Wargaming wanted to change this, is because it's just free damage. Say you're at a you're within secondary range of a battleship and your secondaries are that accurate. That's damage you don't have to play. You have to click a button and the secondaries start shooting it. They start setting fire and things like that. So I can see why they wanted to nerf the secondaries. They nerfed it too hard, obviously. Much, much too hard. But I can see why they did it. And it's more complicated and things like that. But I think it in the end, it's fair for everyone. Uh, there's a new dockyard. You can get the tier 8. Um, the Seven Provincen? Or Provincen? Uh, I... Not even going to try how to pronounce that. A tier 8 Dutch cruiser. Uh, you can build it. It's basically the same as every other dockyard event. Um, there's a n unique Dutch commander now. Um, he's Klaas Janssen. Or, ja yeah. Janssen. Yeah. Klaas Janssen. 
Um, he has an improved pyrotechnician skill, and then an improved expert AA marksman skill. Uh, kind of peculiar uh, skills to buff the AA damage, or to buff, because you have pyrotechnician and expert AA. That's, that's kind of peculiar. Um, and then the, another huge piece of news is the return of the legendary USS Missouri. And yes, you did hear that right. The Missouri is coming back, but it's not the same. Don't don't think it's the same, okay? I want you to let all your friends, your clanmates, anybody who plays World of Warships and um, was talking about a Missouri or just anybody who plays World of Warships, do not get the Missouri. And I'll tell you why. Because they took away its credit-making co coefficient. It is the same as every other Tier 9 premium there is right now. Uh, and people are like, are they going to take away from people who already have the Missouri and love their credit-making coefficient? No, they're not. They're going to give it a, um, a permanent, uh, combat mission that, that buffs it to the level that it used to be. But people who buy the actual Missouri now will not get that same buff. So you're just going to, it's like a Palmer and it's like the Marco Polo. It's, it's the same as, um, before. And honestly, that's they took away what made the Missouri special. The whole point of having a Missouri is you just made a butt-ton of credits. And now it doesn't have that anymore. So what does the Missouri have? Uh, nothing, actually. Woohoo, you got surveillance radar. Well, you didn't... You don't have the improved heal of the U.S. battleships, so you're just a worse Iowa with radar. So I... No, not worth 77 bucks, guys. If it goes in the armory and you can get it for free and it's you're just a ship collector, you want the USS Missouri, uh, go for it, dude. But honestly, Pomeran's better. Marco Polo's better. Obviously, Marco Polo and Pomeran are not as accurate as the Missouri is. <laughs> but they each have a trait that makes them unique. The Missouri is just a normal battleship. Just like the Flandre. That's what the Flandre is not really special. I mean, it's just a French battleship, no gimmicks, just just the battleship. No speed boost, no nothing. And yeah, technically the Missouri has radar, and people say it's a gimmick. Honestly, on the battleship, it's pretty useless, because what are you going to get in? One salvo? Maybe two salvos? It's it's not really that useful. Certainly not worth 77 bucks. No, don't. I would recommend not getting it. Um, unless you're a ship collector and you just want to have the legendary U.S. Missouri, or USS Missouri, because the instrument of surrender for Japan and that brought it close to the end of the Second World War was signed on its deck, so that is, uh, that is quite, um, quite a thing to have in your port. Um, and then, yeah, so the next piece of news that I have, or the last piece of news, is there is a new premium Soviet gimmick battleship. Um, that has radar. Yes, it does. A 12-kilometer, 30-second duration radar, and that is the Borodino. Or, yeah, the Borodino? That's, I think that's how you say it. Um, yeah, so... It's... It's interesting. It's kind of a Dunkirk and a... Sovetsky Soyuz, a Vladivostok or something, had... for combined. It has six guns, six 406 guns. Or four or six millimeters, um, and they are located in the front in two triple turrets. There is no turrets in the back. Uh, this ship does not have great survivability. It seems it has good armor, but I don't think it has a whole lot of hit points. I haven't done a whole lot of researching on it. 
Um, it is quite accurate. It has a 2.0 Sigma and dispersion like 150. Yeah, it has a cruiser dispersion, so it is, it is quite potent in that respect. But it doesn't seem, at least right now, it does not seem to be game-breaking. Obviously, it could change if someone finds uh, a way you can angle it or something like that, or if I just do some more digging and find out that it could potentially be game-breaking. But they do say that they could um, uh, apply balance changes. It does have um, the normal damage control party, uh, so not the one with charges that the Soviets have. So I'm going to assume... I'm going to assume that it um, has that longer cooldown. Uh, so this is basically just, I think it's literally a replacement to the Lenin with uh, one less turret and surveillance radar to compensate for that. That's basically what I think this is. Uh, why they had to do that, I don't know, because I, I mean, the Lenin didn't seem like there was anything wrong with it. And I, I see a Lenin maybe once in every 15 or 10 or 15 battles, so it's not like it's not like it's that popular. But, anyways, uh, in the next section of this episode, we will be going into the brief history and the gameplay of the KMS. Is that that their uh, prefix for their ships? The KMS Palmer. Welcome back, fellow captains, to Rank Amateur. We are just about to get started on our review of the premium German battleship, the Palmer. So, what's the Pomeran's history? Well, it's kind of based off an H-Class battleship, um, loosely. Loosely, uh, emphasize, emphasis on the loosely. Uh, the Frederick the Great is the H-41? 42 design? Something like that? Um, so it's pretty much based off history. There was a design that looked almost exactly like that. It had the eight 16-inch guns, and, yeah, it, it was... It's pretty cool to see it in the game because they were designing it. They didn't really come close to building it because they were in between two superpowers and or the Germans were being crushed by two superpowers. So the Navy is not really going to save you when it's a land battle. But um, the Pomern, it's loosely based on the fact if they decided to go with 12 15-inch guns or 480s or 481s, um, rather than the 8.16 or 406mm guns. And um, it it's good. It's very it's a very good ship in the game, but in history, it's I don't know how... They never really designed the turrets for the ship, so far as I can see. I've been looking around the internet to see if their uh, claim design for the uh, C-34 or C-34 turret or something like that ever existed, but I can't, I can't find it, so, um, it just might be some magical thing that, uh, Wargaming came up with to shove three 15-inch guns uh, in a turret on a battleship with the German flag flying. Eh, whatever, I mean, it was allegedly designed in, what, 1943, I think, so the Germans were already starting to kind of lose a little bit, but they, their collapse hadn't started by that point, so we can, we can give them an the it might be legitimate thing. Uh, I guess the Germans may have done this because of how many other ships, uh, other navies were putting three guns in the turret. But I, I don't know if they would have because their their whole thing was kind of two two guns in a turret, except on the Schornhorst. But it it does look like an enlarged Schornhorst turret. So I guess maybe there's some historical basis if if they took that turret and made bigger guns and put it on a huge ship. That's yeah. Um, but it, it, is, it is an interesting thought, so we'll, we'll leave it at that and give Wargaming credit for doing that. 
Um, the Pomeran, very, very fun ship to play. It is, it, it's probably one of the funnest ships I have to play. Um, it is, it is my only German battleship, and actually my, uh, only German ship. I really haven't ventured too far into the German ships, so that's probably why I'm interested in, uh, the Weimar, or the Weimar, or wh however you pronounce it. Um, but I am quite enjoying my Pomeran. I do not regret that purchase. Um, is it worth 77 bucks? Well, you can, we'll decide later on in this episode. So, uh, no modules, commander skills, or anything have been applied right now, and we'll read off its base stats. So, it has four turrets of three guns each of 380mm 52 caliber SKC-34 uh, rifles. They have a range of 21.34 kilometers, a 33 second reload time. And some people really scoff at that 33 second reload time. Don't. It's really not that bad. It's three seconds, and in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter all that much. If you really hate it, you can take the reload mod. It's... It's not that bad. The reload mod will knock it back down to 29.04 seconds, so 29 seconds. It's really not that bad, and the people really scoff at the Palmer's accuracy. Personally, in the 20 games that I've played in the Palmer or so, it has really not affected me, but we'll, we'll get into the, um, the accuracy uh, in a little bit. But the uh, traverse speed is is really good. It's um, 36 uh, seconds for full 180, and the traverse speed is five degrees a second. So pretty much, if you fire off one side, turn the guns around, you'll your guns will have just reloaded by three seconds by the time your turrets get aligned. So the, these these turrets will not outturn the ship when it is turreting. Uh, they have a, as far as in the accuracy department, it's not the greatest. Uh, they have a sigma of 1.5, which you have to go all the way back to the tier six New Mexico to find a sigma that bad, and that is very noticeable. The groupings are, are not very good on the Pomeran. Uh, it has an accuracy or a maximum dispersion horizontal of 274 meters and a maximum dispersion vertical of 165 meters. It's really not that bad. The Marco Polo, I do believe, has worse accuracy than the Pomeran does. I can actually pull it up on WoW's FT right now. Let's see. Let's see. Yep. It, well, no, it actually has better accuracy, but not by much. Only about 20 meters or so. It does have a better signal, though, but the, it also doesn't have the... Uh, 12 guns that the Pomeran does, which is its saving grace in a lot of situations. The HE is quite pitiful, and, and the German HE's never been good, so I, I don't know what people are expecting from German HE. It's never been good, so don't expect it to be good. Um, raw DPM is 96,000, which is pretty horrific. Uh, the maximum damage is only 4,400, which is on par with like the Des Moines, or just a little more than the Des Moines HE shell. Uh, initial shell velocity is a pretty good 820 meters a second. The shell weighs 800 kilograms. Um, uh, ooh, that is, yeah. And then, um, ooh, that's an error uh, in the, that's an error in Waz FT. Huh. Uh, they have the ricochet angles of the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, of the HE shells being 45 to 60 degrees. Uh, that is not the case. These HE shells do not ricochet. Uh, normally they put it as a 91 degree angle to show that it doesn't ricochet, but, um, and I'm just using Waz of T to get these, um, detailed specifications. Uh, the penetration is good because it's German penetration. It can penetrate 95 millimeters, so you pretty much don't get any, um, non-pens unless you hit, like, uh, the lower belt of a ship or the turrets. 
Um, and it has a 34% chance of fire, which Germans, although they have just anemic damage, they usually have a pretty good chance of setting fire. So per salvo, you have a 99.3% chance of setting a fire. So yeah, you're gonna set a fire pretty much when you fire, when you um, uh, land shots on a ship. That's assuming the shots connect. Um, so the AP shell has a raw DPM of 253,091, so big improvement there. Each shell does 11,600 damage. They have the same velocity, so 820 meters a second. They weigh 800 kilograms. They have a ricochet angle, so 45 to 60 degrees, so typical for uh, battleships. They have an overmatch of 26 millimeters, and people always, like, the Pommern can't overmatch uh, cruiser plating. Well, yeah, but most cruisers, with the exception of the Des Moines, and maybe one or two others, I, I think maybe the, um, what is it, the Hindenburg might have 27mm plating. Um, it can overmatch the uh, Wooster or Worcester, however you pronounce it, the Goliath, the Zhao, the Henri, the, uh, possibly the Hindenburg, and the Dutch cruisers, I believe, as well. Uh, so it can still overmatch a lot of of cruisers, and pe I don't know why people always scoff at not being able to overmatch. The accuracy on battleships, any battleship except for maybe the Slava and the Thunderer, is never good enough outside a range of maybe five kilometers that it that you ever actually hit a spot where you can overmatch it, overmatch it, and go through the center, or and go through the armor. I meant, and. And I suppose the, the Yamato's overmatch applies more because they can actually overmatch decks and things like that. But you can't overmatch pretty much any deck in, in anything except the Yamato. Because most cruisers have 32mm decks, so you just bounce off the top of it. Uh, or the Atago, which has a 38mm deck and can bounce Shikishima shells. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Shikishima shells. I think, I think it, yeah, I think it's 37 millimeters for the Shikishima's overmatch uh, threshold. But uh, anyways, we'll be moving on. It's not a, the overmatch is not a big deal. Um, arming threshold is 33, or 63 uh, millimeters, and the fuse time is uh, 0.33 seconds, so a normal fuse timer. Uh, the firing angles are horrific, though. I will be straight up with that. Even though I love the Pomeran, the firing angles are absolutely atrocious. Now, they're not like British torpedo launchers or Vanguard angles of bad, I don't think, but, or, I think the Vanguard has slightly worse angles, um, but they, they are certainly not like Arizona angles. They are, they are quite bad. And I'm actually going to go through the secondaries, because the secondaries are, of course, it's a German battleship, very good on this. So you got a few different types of uh, secondary armament. So you have the uh, uh, 150s which you have, what is it, six on either side, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, six on either side. Um, so you got 12 of them. They do maximum damage of 1,700. Uh, they have 875 meters second velocity. They have a real time of 7.5 seconds. They have a 1.0 sigma, 376 meter dispersion, uh, and default range is 7.95 uh, kilometers. And they have uh, uh, 38 millimeters of pen and 8% chance of causing a fire. And then you have the dual-purpose 105s, and you have 16 of those. Uh, not on either side, but... Or, yeah, you have 8 on either side, and then um, a total of 16. So maximum damage is 1,200. They have a 900 meter second velocity, a 3.35 second reload time. They have a 1.0 sigma, a maximum dispersion of 376 meters, 
um, and HE penetration of only 26 millimeters. So you won't penetrate as much with the um, 105s, but you will catch like superstructures you can pen, destroyers you can pen. Uh, I've said 25 millimeter plating on cruisers you can pen, so pretty much all the cruiser superstructure and foreign end plating. Even on like the Petra Pavlovsk, and I forgot to mention, you can overmatch Petra Pavlovsk from the front and Citadel it in the Palmer. Uh, you just have to go through the 25 millimeter upper uh, bow plating, and that's uh, the same on the Alexander Nevsky too. Um, and then you have a burn probability of 5%, so that's pretty good. Um, a defense uh, mostly consists of the 105s and some uh, flat guns, so it's mediocre at best. Um, you have 81,900 hit points, so second most or third most survivable ship at the tier. Uh, you are just behind the FTG and a lot behind the Musashi, but when's the last time you've seen a Musashi? Um, fires last, or you can have four fires. Uh, fires last for, for 60 seconds, uh, base, so standard battleship burn time. Uh, you have a probability re reduction of 43.3%. Uh, damage per second of uh, fire is 246, and total damage is 14,742 if you let it burn the whole time. Uh, flooding is 40 second duration. You can have two floods. Probability is 25% of flood damage reduction uh, is 25% as well. Uh, for that, that's torpedo damage reduction as well. Uh, the damage per second of flood is 410, and there's 16,380 damage per flood. Uh, the concealment is absolutely atrocious. It's uh, by sea, uh, 16.76 kilometers, uh, and when on fire, it's 18.76 kilometers, and after firing your main guns in smoke, it's 16 kilometers. So, yeah, you're not hiding from anything. Whenever I get uh, spotted and I have some friends in Discord or something, it's like, ooh, I'm spotted. There's a big surprise. It means there's someone within 17 kilometers of me. Uh, so you can be seen from the next postcode over. Um, and from the air, it's 12.81 kilometers, 15.81 uh, kilometers if on fire, and 7.6 kilometers when firing your guns in smoke. Maneuverability is, well, the straight line speed's pretty good. It's 31 knots, which is better than some battleships. Uh, it takes you 60 seconds to get to full power forward, 30 seconds to full power backward. You have a 2.75 horsepower per ton ratio. Um, your turning circle radius is 940 meters. Yep, it takes you a kilometer to turn around, and that's pretty noticeable. But it's also a huge ship, so it it makes sense. It's one of the biggest ships in the game. Uh, and the rudder shift time is 17.3 uh, seconds. So it's it's not great. Certainly not great, but it's not like Montana levels of bad. And I almost forgot that another huge gimmick of the Pomern is it has torpedoes. Yes, these are basically just standard German torpedoes. They are turpits torps. They have a 6km range. Uh, you have four of them on either side in extremely exposed positions. They are always getting knocked out. Um, they do 13,700 damage. They have a reload time of 90 seconds, a speed of 64 knots, a detectability range of 1.3km, a uh, reaction time of 7.6 seconds if you're not steaming towards it, Chance of causing flooding of 227%, underneath turn time of the standard 7.2 seconds, and a traverse speed of 25 uh, degrees a second. And actually, the um, the torpedoes have better firing arcs than the main battery actually does, which is kind of funny. Um, but these, you wouldn't believe how many people get caught off guard by the fact that you have torpedoes. Especially if you hydro them. If you hydro someone, the person goes, oh, well he has hydro, he doesn't have torpedoes. That is not the case. 
You do get the standard German 6km detection of ships and 4km detection of torpedoes, Hydro. Uh, it has a reload time of 120 seconds and an action time of 144 seconds and a standard battleship heal and damage con. Um, or a 15 second duration damage con. I think that is slightly buffed. Or no, that's that's normal. Um, uh, it does catch people off guard. I, on more than one occasion, people um, have rushed me and I have been able to knock them out with my torpedoes or at least get them down to such low health that I can finish them easily with my main guns. It is also quite a good ram denier. I once had a Riga come and try and ram me um, from my starboard side, so I let loose with the starboard torpedoes and sank him with uh, my guns facing the other direction. So that was uh, pretty interesting. Almost got a double strike. My guns were like at 11 seconds to reload, so they couldn't get the uh, double strike award, unfortunately, but it was, it was fun nonetheless. Um, but I'm going to go kit this out or reinstall all my uh, mods and then I will uh, be back with you guys. One thing I did uh, forget to go over with the Palmer is the armor and uh, it does have quite good armor. The armor on the Palmer uh, basically denies any citadels. There is almost no cita chance of citadeling the ship except a, not a notable chance of getting a citadel on the ship is when you're in a hard turn. A hard turnover, um, since the turtleback is so shallow on this ship, and the citadel is like at the waterline or above the waterline a bit, the turtleback has to come up to in order to protect that ship, uh, that um, citadel. So when you turn hard over on the other side of your ship, that's leaning up out of the water because the ships do lean. If someone shoots really, really low on the waterline, you can get underneath the turtleback directly into the citadel. And this is obviously a weakness of the ship, although seldom is it ever exploited because the circumstances usually don't work out where someone can actually get a shot at the Citadel. And I do apologize, my uh, computer fan is kind of going crazy, so this last section is going to be a bit quick so I can uh, stop uh, making you guys listen through that. Um, so, the... Pomeran, 60mm uh, icebreaker bow with a 32mm uh, upper bow, and then the uh, icebreaker thickens just in front of the forward turret to 150mm before thickening further to a 300mm belt, and there is a patch behind uh, or aft of the main belt that is 90mm thick that prevents the uh, Pomeran from being citadel through the rear. And then uh, the turrets have a 400mm face, 200mm roof, 250mm side, and 380mm uh, rear. Um, conning tower is 350mm thick. The deck is 80mm thick by the turrets, and then 50mm thick by the central superstructure. So that deck will bounce Goliath, or will not bounce, will, will shatter Goliath shells. Then Goliath is the highest penetration uh, cruiser in the game, as far as HE is concerned, because of the improved British penetration mechanics of the British heavy cruisers. So, uh, yeah, it's it's got pretty tough armor for a battleship. Anyways, back to mods and configurations and things like that. So, um, full secondary spec all the way, guys. Full secondary spec. Um, there, people always say, well, you should the best, the best one, the most competitive uh, thing to do on the Pomeran is to go for survivability. I I disagree with this. I think the most competitive thing. Um, is the secondaries. And I can see why you would think that, because of, um, you know, you stay alive longer, you tank damage more, but 
if you're going to want to take damage, just go get a Sovetsky Soyuz. That's not what the Palmer is for. The Palmer is meant to deal out a lot of damage at close range. So you need a secondary build to do that. So uh, slot 1, Auxiliary Armaments Mod 1. Slot 2, I did opt to go for the Hydroacoustic Search Modification to extend my duration to a whopping 144 seconds. Or no, the base is not 144 seconds. I think the base is like 120 or something like that. Um, I accidentally read that out earlier as being 144 seconds with my mod, uh, my modules applied. Uh, secondary battery modification one for slot three, and then you're gonna want to go for damage con two in uh, slot four. You can go for steering gears, but I mean I, I really don't like burning. And the reason why I didn't go with damage con mod one in the first slot is it only is a uh, minus five percent. For a risk of catching fire and minus three percent for a risk of flooding and that's really not going to do as much for you as the hydroacoustic search will um and then slot five i didn't actually put anything i decided to save the two million credits because consumer system modification one is stupid because it doesn't matter on this ship um you could get the torpedo lookout system but you have hydro and ship consumables i could see someone getting that because uh, it increase further increases the action time of your ship consumables um, it doesn't necessarily improve your, I don't think it really improves your heal. Oh, yeah, it does, actually. Um, uh, but I just am short on credits right now, and I decided that it was not essential, so I did not equip it. Uh, slot 6, you're gonna go with Auxiliary Armaments Mod 2. Don't even, well, you, yeah, don't even bother with Main Battery Traverse, or Main Battery Mod 3, because then your Traverse will go down, or Torpedo Tubes or uh, gunfire control system, because the accuracy, while not horrific, is n not sniper level. So don't bother with extending your range, don't bother with reloading faster, because the main battery is not actually the, the main deal about this ship. It is the secondary battery that should get buffed more, and the turrets really don't get disabled that often. Um, knock on wood, I've not had one permanently knocked out. I have had maybe like one or two get temporarily disabled, but um, the secondary battery is what will save you in a lot of situations. Uh, for commander skills, uh, I do only have a 10-point commander because this is my first German ship, um, and I decided to go with preventative maintenance, uh, reduces the risk of your modules being incapacitated, then priority target, because uh, and this is particularly useful for the Pomern because it tells you if you can push further or if maybe you should try and find an island to seek cover behind to turn around uh because if you see that only two ships are targeting you well yeah you can probably push further especially if you have support but if five ships are targeting you it's time to turn around and granted they're probably already shooting at you so you probably know that it's time to turn around but it is still useful uh especially for dodging because you can you're uh then looking for shells early game and uh, looking to see, okay, if someone's targeting me, there's the shells I can start to turn and hopefully mitigate damage. Uh, because while this thing will pretty much never eat citadels, it does eat massive pen chunks uh, of damage, so that's one of its bigger weaknesses. Uh, this ship's going to be really, really strong when secondaries come back, by, by the way. This thing's already really popular, and I, I see its popularity skyrocketing when secondaries come back, and I can also see it probably getting removed next year or so because of the popularity it's like every three matches or every two matches you see at least one palmer um so i i can see it probably getting removed sometime soon because tier 9 premiums are just always really popular
Uh, then I recommend getting long uh, range secondary battery shells because we are going for the full secondary build uh, and that's just going to extend your secondary battery firing range um, and then you're going to want to do improved secondary battery aiming which is going to be changing um, in, uh, in the next update and then you're going to want to do um, for your next skill I'd probably say adrenaline rush because I mean the main battery reload time while not absurdly long, like a Vermonter or a Cristofo Colombo or Lepanto, is not short. So you're going to want to use your uh, tankiness, which you will take a lot of damage in this ship. This is a ship that does not often survive the battle um, at all or with a lot of health to spare. If you did that, you're playing the ship wrong. Uh, so that will allow you to get your secondaries firing even faster. Um, and then for the final skill, you're going to either go with Close Quarters Combat or you're going to go with Fire Prevention Expert. You can also pick up Grease the Gears or Pyrotechnician. Uh, you could. Wargaming has them recommended. I don't know about Pyrotechnician, but you could do Grease the Gears just to get uh, reduced uh, turret traverse time. But I think it's already plenty fast enough for a ship of this type. So, um, yeah. So how are you going to play this ship? Especially in this age where it's... I mean, it's starting to come back as far as engagement distances are starting to close a little bit, but especially with the introduction of the close-range Dutch cruisers. Um, but it's still a fairly long engagement range most of the time in matches. Well, you're going to be the one who's going to have to close that engagement range. So if your team is reasonably behind you or has shown signs that they would support a push then yes, you have to lead the charge. That's what German battleships are for. And when you when you lead the charge and, and people start seeing that you're going to go and take the damage, like cruisers and things, they'll come up and support you most of the time. Now there's just some teams that are anemic and just can't seem to want to want to do anything. Uh, I don't know if anemic was the right word, but, you know... Um, uh, the Pomeran does very well in those situations when the team is supporting you. Uh, it doesn't do so well in the battles that are fought at maximum range because the Pomer does not have a very good maximum range. Uh, in those situations, usually try to find an island and just kind of use island cover to close the distance. The Pomer doesn't do bad at mid to or at mid range because of um, the amount of guns it has. You don't really feel the bad accuracy that much. Now, there are some wonky salvos where, where, where nothing hits. And I get it's not a thunder. People complain about the accuracy all the time. It's like, well, the Palmer's just not accurate enough to be competitive. Well, I don't know what you were expecting. Were you expecting a thunderer or a slava that the shells hit in the same spot? No, that's not, that's not what this ship is meant to be. It's meant to be a close-in brawler, and that's what you should do. Now, am I saying you're going to go... As soon as the match starts, straight up a flank and die, and then shrug your shoulders and be like, well, that's what the Spammer is supposed to do. No, it's not a YOLO ship. This is not a Palo Emilio or a Hot League. It is, it is a controlled push. It's not a Soviet battleship, however, where you just sit there and tank the whole time, because it can't do that either, because yes, it does have 80mm plating in some parts, but it will still get chunked to death. So, my what I look for in a Palmer game is I usually look for a cap that I can push to that has an island nearby it. And this is not to sit behind the island and you let the secondaries farm over it, although if I'm healing, I might do that. Um, this is to push through the cap 
and uh, push out all the destroyers with the 6km hydro. And if things start getting too hot, or if your team just decides not to go that flank, you pop behind that island, use it to turn around so you don't expose broadside, and then just slowly kite away, like quarter or half speed, and just just slow the push of your of the enemy team in the hopes that your team will push around the other side and catch them in a sort of crossfire, or at least a de desperate situation where they need to spread their forces thinner. Then you can turn around and push uh, back through the cap and hopefully kill some things. This is not... This is a ship where you wait a few seconds at the beginning of the battle, or you go half speed for the first minute of, steam of steaming towards the cap, so you don't get super far ahead of your team. If you get super far ahead of your team, you're dead. A German battleship without support is, in anything but brawls or, or sometimes ranked, pretty much useless. And that comes to another thing. Uh, don't be afraid to brawl with people. This is, in my opinion and many other uh, uh, content creators' opinion, the best brawler in the game. People point to the GK and be like, well, it has more health. Well, the Pommern also has torpedoes, so if it gets really close range, the Pommern can... Um, rob the GK of its health advantage, and by GK, I'm referring to the Gorskurfurst, the uh, tier 10 German battleship about its tech tree. Um, it, it takes that, whatever, 40, 50,000 health off of the um, GK, and probably around 30 after um, torpedo protection and reduction is applied, and then it's just kind of a duking it out situation. And the GK could win, because the GK is the GK, but in pretty much every other situation, dealing pretty much every other battleship, the Pomeran will come out on top if it has any appreciable amount of health left, and even sometimes is on low health. Um, this is the best ship to take into Tier 9 Brawls, the, one of the best ships to take into Tier 9 Ranked, um, a good ship to take into Random Battles, and uh, they currently don't have any Tier 9 operations, and I don't think they've ever had it, but if they do introduce it, I'd imagine that the Pomeran is going to be a very popular pick for that, because operations tend to have lots of close quarters combat, and the Pomeran excels at this. So, the Pomeran is a relatively forgiving ship, and fun ship to play. It is one of the most fun ships to play. It's nothing like setting four fighters on enemy battleship from 10 kilometers away, because your secondaries are just blazing away. It's and then when you go do a drive-by on someone, it's literally like Pirates of the Caribbean with how many guns are going off with between your secondaries and their secondaries. It's, it's just loads of fun. It is totally worth the call. Now, is any ship worth $77? I don't know. Um, I, I just don't think I could physically cough up $77 bucks for a thing that's not actually tangible. I... I don't know if I would ever do that for any ship, and this is nothing against the Pomeran. I wouldn't cough up 77 bucks for a Thunder. So if that puts it in perspective, I, I just don't know if any ship is worth that much. But if you're into buying premium ships, I yeah, it's worth it. I would say, if you're just gonna buy it, I would I would go with the Coal because you can't do that, and that's completely free. I would recommend going up the coal path, but if you're just too impatient or you don't want to spend the coal on a Pomeran, yeah, I would say this ship's worth it. it I've had loads of fun playing it. Um, there have been... I'm not. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. There has been some battles where I don't see a ship get within my secondary gun battery range and it gets a little little rough, and yeah, those matches are, are not 
like as fun as the secondary brawls, but they're still good because the Pomeran throws so many shells out there that it's hard to miss. And it's easy to aim because you have any 120 meter second velocity. You don't have the 700, 2 meter second or whatever it is for the American battleships. Um, so it's, it's relatively easy to aim. And since you coat an area with your shells, your bad accuracy actually can be quite useful sometimes. Let's say you lead a ship wrong or something like that, or they turn to dodge. Since the uh, Pomerantz is not a Thunderer or a Slava or an Atago or something, it doesn't have that pinpoint accuracy, it's hard to dodge because the, it coats a large area in shells, and usually the central part of the area has more shells because, you know, that's the way Sigma works. But... Um, you still can land a stray citadel, and I have done that. And I have, I have seen, I haven't actually done this myself, but I've seen YouTube videos of Pomeranz shooting at one target and citadeling another target that was undetected next to it. It does happen, and the penetration, since the velocity of the guns is reasonably high, while not, not like Slava rail guns, is quite decent. Now it's not gonna penetrate a Grosskirchers citadel at you know 10 kilometer range or what anything. But it is good. The Pomeran is a fairly decent all-around ship. It doesn't excel at, at, at sniping, but it kind of can do it. And it's uh, hard to dodge, actually, because of the inaccuracy of the guns. It, it means that stray citadels and penetrations are quite common. So even if you like completely miss most of your shells, there's always a stray shell that seems to find the target and get you an extra 4k damage on what maybe in a Montana or a Slava would have been nothing. Um, and then it's very, very good at close range, but it doesn't push alone. That is the biggest thing I want uh, people who listen to this episode to know. You cannot just go into a cap, launch your torpedoes, expect it to hit, and expect to survive that. Um, you need support. So whether it's going in with a division of maybe two cruisers and a Pomeran or three Pomerans, if you're up for it, because I think that would be pretty good. Uh, pushing a flank, the Pomeran can hold an entire flank by itself. That's what the Pomeran excels at. It's, once a Pomeran goes to a flank, that flank, unless the Pomeran gets um, ambushed by Shimakaze Torps or something like that, will not be moving backwards, or should not be moving backwards. That flank should be moving forwards if you have support, or it should be staying at the cap, or at least maybe slowly creeping back as the Pomeran is just trying to delay the enemy team. So that's what the Palmer is good at. It's ensuring flanks don't collapse. And that's that's what you do when you don't have support. When you have the support, you push. You set it to three-quarters throttle, and you just start laying the hate down uh, towards the people who are on the other side of... Uh, or on the receiving end there. It's, it should be uncomfortable them, for them to be within 12 kilometers of you. If it's not, you're probably doing something wrong. But it, it's, I feel it's a fairly simple ship to play. It's a fairly forgiving ship to play. So if you kind of want to dabble into German battleships, but you don't want to go all the way through the um, the tech tree to find that they're garbage, or if you, wanna, if you want a ship that's Tier 9, that's premium, and you don't want to pay for it, buy this, because all the other Tier 9 premiums that are in the armory kind of suck. Because uh, you got, what, the Z44? That's pretty hot garbage, or at least I've heard. The Marco Polo, it's not bad, but the only thing it really has going for it is 406mm sap, and that's pretty much it. So if you're wanting 9 406mm guns, go get yourself a Sovetsky Soyuz or an Izumo or an Iowa. 
those ships are just better than the uh, Marco Polo, and they're free. Um, and there's some other ships, but they're really, really not worth it. So the Pomeran is the ship to go for, and I, I, I highly recommend the Pomeran. I've had a lot of fun in it. I don't know if it's a King of the Sea worthy like competitive ship. Although I, I might take it in if I was ever worthy of being on a King of the Sea tournament uh, team. I might take the Pomeran up there and uh, play competitively. But it's for a fun factor. If you have had a frustrating day or something, the Pomeran always cheers one up. And that is it for today for Rank Amateur. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I would like to thank you for listening to it. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to say hi, feel free to contact me at rankamateurpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, so far, I have had no word on a sponsor or anything like that, so the only way to support me right now is by going to the merch site and purchasing, uh, I don't know, whatever you want there, or... Uh, donating at my anchor site which is anchor.fm slash rank dash amateur but until next time captains